three, two, one. Okay, welcome back to Talking with Chris and Troy, or Chris and Troy do a podcast. Um, so, we're going to pick up from where we were speaking last time. So, I'm going to give a quick introduction of myself, which I didn't do last time, and then I want, I'm going to ask Chris to bring us up to speed in what we spoke about last time, and then where he is right now, and we're going to carry on the journey. So, I've been a business coach for the last three years and helping um, career coaching and business coaching and entrepreneur coaching for different stages of businesses. Um, sometimes working with executives, trying to help them grow the revenue and improve their systems of their business. And other times helping career professional and executives find a new career and find a new path and um, turn that into a business that can self-sustain them. So talking here with my old buddy Chris about his journey right now and that's exactly where he is he's currently or was has been for the last i don't know how long chris three four five years that you've been in this professional role in this capacity and he's now moving into starting something on his own and starting with the classic route of um, consulting and freelancing and getting some gigs on the side and then the journey that we're going on and we're currently on is how to move more towards that and and hopefully move into doing full-time consulting and freelancing, and then in the future actually building that into a sustainable business. So um, can you give us a quick um, recap on what happened last week? I guess just the main things we spoke about, or maybe the main things you took away, and then how was the last two weeks, and then let's jump into this week. Yeah, sure. Your, your last week was a very interesting discussion. I had like no idea it was going to go that direction so basically what we touched on was i was always wondering you know now that i am stepping into this freelancing space with media and pr um, and a bit of design is when can i actually call it a business um rather than just being called a freelancer um and i think you know what i've tried taking away from the discussion that we had last um week where we were talking about finding your niche and then finding the niche's pain and then tapping into that and positioning a service offering that speaks exactly to that niche's pain. Um, I went and kind of put together a, instead of applying for these um, freelance opportunities, these once off ad hoc projects, which would be like, you know, yes, the work dirt. Um, and it's like that's over and done with once you've handed in the final thing, you get paid and that's it out of the way. I thought like, why not, instead of trying to search far and wide for these once-off projects, try find um, retainer clients. So try find a half-year or a year contract, apply for it. You know, this is my service. This is my portfolio. And, you know, let me know what you think. This is the services that I'm offering at this price. So, yeah, that's what I've done since since the last um, episode or our first episode was I put together a bunch of different media packages, like different offerings. And then and went, I went and marketed that. And I've, yeah, so in the past two weeks, I've applied or submitted proposals for contract work and retainer clients, I think to three or four different people or different companies. And I've connected with three of them and I've had two meetings with them and I have one where we're discussing the actual details of the, the contract. So that looks like it possibly could turn into some work. 
So hopefully within the next week or two, I'll have like my first contract retainer client, which is quite exciting. And I think that's because now I decided on the scope of work that I'm going to offer rather than looking for something where that I can do in my line of work. Yeah, so it's been an interesting two weeks. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I'm just making some notes here as you're talking. Okay, so that's incredible. And, I can't believe it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and I've also managed to find, uh, kind of build a freelancer network. Um, I don't know if I'd mentioned this last time, but I've been doing this for a while, but I just started communicating with my freelancer database a bit more just to find out who I can work with well, who can... You know, now that I'm offering these contracts or these retainer packages, you know, there's I've gone through people's portfolio and, you know, picked out, you know, this person can specifically be very good at, you know, SEO for this industry and put kind of like teams together, which is cool. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Just making a note of that as well. That's really, really, really cool. Okay, so my first, this is, this is amazing how much work you've done um, and moved off of what we talked about so quickly. I'm so surprised and it's it's awesome. So my first question is, so how did you start, I imagine someone listening in a similar position to you, the shift, I think every freelancer would jump at that opportunity, the shift from doing, like you said, one-off ad hoc um, jobs that's where most of the overwhelm and most stress comes from, from being a consultant and a freelancer, mm -hmm. that you can find a job, but then it's a project-specific job that's usually pretty short-term, and once it's over, you get back to trying to find more, and then you, most freelancers are yeah. dealing with, how do I get referrals? How do I use it to my best advantage? And I'm sure almost every freelancer out there would jump at the opportunity that to, in ra rather than doing a short-term, find a six-month, one-year retainer. So my first question is, how did you identify these opportunities and then how did the, this is a massive step I want to talk about because there's obviously lots of stuff you're doing right uh, that you haven't mentioned yet how did you then go from finding those to getting those meetings because that's the hardest part yeah that is true um so this was so these three con four contacts I actually met at um, a networking event called the Lean Coffee Startup, and I think like these sessions have that I've been going to for quite a while. I always manage to find very cool contacts um, that you know I always find that when I I sit with someone face to face where they can gauge my personality. And first of all, which is a very cool thing, like, you know, I think that's very important in terms of a working relationship when you can kind of like click with someone, they can go, you know, cool, I can work with that person. So it's trying to like resonate with that person and like their values. Um, and I find like at these, um, at these um, networking events on, you know, every Wednesday morning, um, you know, the, the people do go there to network and to look for freelancers and to sell, you know, to sell what they do. And I've always walked away there with like numerous new contacts. And, you know, I've, um, I was speaking to this lady and told her what I do. And then we've kept um, in touch, you know, since this was about, yeah, this was, I think the Wednesday after our podcast, first podcast. And, yeah, we kept in touch, and then she eventually introduced me to um, their marketer, head of marketing, and got the meeting, and um, that went really well. So 
those networking events are super key for me, you know, in terms of finding the right people to speak to, you know, and then, you know, marketing, looking at, I've been trying to find opportunities online on the different freelancing groups, but it's mostly just once off ad hoc projects. So I think in terms of finding that retainer work, it's more about going out, you know, this is my business, this is who I am, this is what I can offer you, let's speak, you know. Fantastic. That's so cool. Because that's something so lost, I think, on today, especially the young workforce, is like we are so digital and we have so much connectivity everywhere. So the feeling of like, if you say networking, it almost comes always now with like inverted commas, like, ooh, networking, like, do people still really do that? That's that's a big view that the <laughs> yeah. younger people have. They really feel like, do they do that? Yet if you look at every successful business, every single successful business owner, um, people running teams well, people leading well, uh, people who have great opportunities to grow into more and more business, they have massive real-world networks. And you see it every single time. Yeah. Even super young people, like 22, 23-year-olds who are pulling in millions, doing amazing, amazing businesses, they're not doing it all digitally. They're, they're meeting up with people in face-to-face. And what's happening, I'm so glad you mentioned this because it's such a big factor in building any business. What's happening is the, the core thing that most people miss about networking is that people want to work with other people who they like. It's such a, it's exactly. such a core, core, core part of how we've done business forever, for centuries. It's how it's, this whole thing has been built up. So when we go through the current day education system, which is creating us mostly depending on what education system you have, but for the large part, it creates us to be kind of factory-ish workers, people who learn to follow details and then do the job they're told yeah. to do between a nine-to-five. What we completely miss is that people who are creating businesses and doing amazing successful things are creating it with other people. And so when you see the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the WhatsApp, all of these companies, they didn't start by saying, oh, this is going to be a good idea and this is exactly how it's going to look like as a unicorn or as a $100 billion company. None of this started like that. It started with one person usually and then another person joined in and they started collaborating and created, being creating ideas together and then another person joined and then another, another, another. So there's this whole network of ideas and connections that's happening only because there is this interaction, live interaction between other human beings. And I wouldn't say it's restricted to being live interactions. You can have this creativity, but exactly like you said, it's very, very difficult to understand if someone is loyal and if someone is trustworthy over the internet. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. And this is something that and, was, and, yeah, go for it. Yeah. And so this is the thing, like, because, you know, this, this is the, there's two things that I've been doing to try to get in your business. And it is so easy to sit behind your computer and then just browse the different freelancing groups on Facebook and LinkedIn and whatnot, and then try look for a new business. But it's all if like I find when I've done that, it's all once off work. It's like you know we need a quick um, editor for this or a writer to write an article, um, and I just think it's so much more substantial. Like when you go and you have a solid conversation with someone, you share a couple of laughs, have a coffee, and you know, exchange business cards and then you follow up with a phone call and email later. It's like, you know, you make that connection and it's like, cool, I know you and you are someone that I can work with. Absolutely. That's you know, incredible. You're a person, you're not just a company or a brand. Exactly. And then it comes back to this concept again and again and again that we want to work with people who we like. We would 
99 times out of 100, people would choose someone who's slightly less skilled, yet they like being around, over the person who's slightly more skilled who they don't like being around. So it's such an important factor. It's such a massive factor in doing business. And what you're doing is you're taking yourself out of the billions and billions connected online um, and between all the competition to making yourself a persona in front of these people who they can immediately see and immediately chat to. And when you meet these people and you have a good vibe, you're instantly trusted and you're instantly given the feeling of loyalty. And what that means, yeah. as you're saying and alluding to now, is that you then become... Um, you then are opened up to opportunities that are much greater than the ones you're finding online. Because people who yeah. want to make these big decisions, uh, they need people who they can trust. They can't give large projects exactly. to people who they can't trust and they aren't loyal. That's why the referral system is so massive. But what you're doing is you're short-circuiting the referral system by going straight to just meeting people. And it's amazing because you're proving that you don't need to have this massive um, successful track record, although you obviously do have experience and do have a track record. You're not being recommended by a friend of a friend or a family member who says it. Instead, you're just being there as a person, talking and getting involved and communicating. And it's now opening so many doors for you, which is amazing. So you're opening doors for yourself. And when I do entrepreneurship coaching, this is the num one of the biggest, biggest, biggest things. I would say one of the top five things that we talk about new entrepreneurs, especially when they're starting off with need discovery and identifying their niche and things like that. It's getting in front of other humans is so important because it's going to open so many more doors. And we tend yeah. to grow up these days and thinking that all of the opportunities we can possibly need are on the internet, but it's just not true. And when you look around the successful businesses, you see why it's not true. So that's amazing, amazing work. I love that. So how did, how did you then transition into this? Was it, was it really lucky? This Lean Coffee startup, are they all in the similar industry to you? Or was it really lucky that someone was in an industry that can be relatable? Or did you kind of open up more what you were doing in order to get a foot in the door? How was that process? Because I imagine it wasn't like, hi, my name's Chris. And then they were like, hi, my name's Sally. I'm looking for an environmental <laughs> social media manager. Is that you? And you're like, yes, that's me. I imagine it wasn't exactly like that. No, like it starts. Yeah, when I went there, I actually had no idea what to expect. I, um, it, it just kind of popped up. I actually don't know how I came about, you know, um, getting invited, but I went there and, um, yeah, like we, you go around in a circle and you, you obviously introduce your, um, your, you know, who you are, what you're doing and like your company. And then like you go around and you kind of just brainstorm anything, um, you know, um, relating to starting up and funding and, you know, um, getting investors on board. So it's anything to do with like startups. And this is quite like a big, I noticed there's a lot of these top events of events in Cape Town. Um, and you know, like there's all, I always find there's always, um, two or three people that really participate in the conversation quite extensively, uh, quite extensively. And, um, I just remember, you know, like with this lady who owns like a, it's, um, she owns like a product range, not to get into too much detail, but um, there's like a whole sustainable, you know, these products are sustainably, sustainably sourced. Um, and there's quite a big environmental aspect around it. And she does her own marketing, um, own social media, and that's just not her core focus. So I said like, what, you know, have you ever considered, you know, taking that off your hands 
and you focus on business development and product development and then someone else taking over the marketing side of things. And then that's how we got talking. And so it was just more of kind of like I slipped into that opportunity or I saw it and then we just started chatting. Um, so it was kind of coincidental. Um, but yeah, I always find that I just connect with cool people at these things. And awesome. we always find, even though they might not necessarily be, you know, if I'm offering environmental PR and someone, you know, is, there's something that's completely unrelated, there's always something that we can kind of connect on. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, or, I love know, it. Even if that person, person goes, oh, I know this dude that has a company that you could, you know, chat to. He has his card. Um, you know, spoke to some a guy that owns an irrigation system, uh, for, you know, for farms that uses like 40% less water. And I got his contact through someone from um, the the Lean Coffee startup event. And then we've been talking. So that was like through someone I met, you know, who I haven't even met face to face, but I've been chatting. I've had a Skype meeting with them. But it's, yeah, it's just you, 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 you put yourself out there and you just click with some people and then you get talking. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's really actionable and really important. Okay. So I could literally talk about this for four hours and I want to nerd out so much yeah. on the intricacies of what you have to do, but let's move on. I want to, I want to pick into some of the other details. Okay. So you had yeah, an amazing no, week. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. There's no like, I've always, you know, there's some meetings like pitch meetings when I've tried to pitch to people that have just gone like horribly wrong. And I just felt like I've never gone through to them. And like, there's some like more informal, like, you know, meetings or like this coffee startup um, where I, I don't think there's any correct way to have the conversation or the meeting. It's just a matter of whether you click with the person or you speak specifically to what they're looking for. And so there's no, like, it's very difficult to kind of script something that, you know, if you say this, it's going to work every time because it really depends on personalities and how people are able to work together. Yes, but that's so beautiful what you're touching on now because where so many people I know, I can absolutely remember being there. Maybe you can too. When you start out, even in full-time jobs, even from the intern stage and then going to full-time, but especially when you start your own business, it can feel and it could start your own business, whether it's self-employed via consulting or freelancing as well. And it can feel like such a daunting, overwhelming task. And it feels like you should have the answer already where you should know what to do, you should know how to do it, and it's yeah. so overwhelming. And the moment, like you're describing now, the moment you realize that business is literally just about people working with other people to solve problems. That's literally all it yeah. is. When you realize that, and you realize you don't have to speak in a certain way, you can speak exactly how you normally speak, you don't have to dress a certain way, you can dress exactly how you normally dress. When you, when you realize that, it's such an enlightening moment, I think, for so many business owners and entrepreneurs to, to realize that, that the things they thought were important before aren't actually that important. So like getting the perfect presentation, yeah. saying the perfect things, having the right kind of handshake, looking in the right way, dressing the right way, they're so much less important than we used to think. And what's actually is important is what problem are you solving? What problem are you solving? Who wants that problem and how can you get it out there? It's, and this is like such a cool thing because like I'm so used to you know, like the corporate world, like with, you know, in the past year mm -hmm. working in like corporate communications or the past five years working in corporate communications and I deal with like very 
higher level, you know, executive profile people. And so obviously, you know, I'm expected to, you know, be presentable in a specific way and wear, you know, like, you know, wear suitable, you know, clothes. And it's just, and I thought like, you know what, like when I push my own business development, I, that doesn't matter. I, I, I'm going to go to a meeting and focus on, you know, like connecting with this person or speaking to like what their need is. And, you know, I can, it's not like I, I, I do it, but like I could go from the gym to this meeting and not worry about what I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it's just a different focus and, you know, just the have to have the, you know, I can not, yeah, so I can like, I mean, I can do what I want with it, you know, which is absolutely. nice. I don't have any other set of rules to abide to. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you found these, these offers, uh, these potential retainers and you're working towards making them um, a thing, which is amazing. So, and you were also talking about building a freelancer basis, which is awesome and looking for specific, um, so more specific jobs, more rather than, it sounds like you're saying rather than being reactive, so waiting and just applying for whatever's out there, you're being proactive yeah. and looking for problems that you can actively solve, which is something we spoke about last time, which is amazing. So what is your next, what's your plan for over the next two weeks? And if that's so, difficult, what, okay, go for it. I was going to say also you could think about what would you like to achieve in the next two weeks? Yeah, so in the next two weeks, obviously my goal uh, for this week is obviously or the next week to get a contract signed. So first retainer clients in the bag and then I need to put in um, kind of as like a set of um, just standard operating procedures just to make sure that when I use other freelancers that there's a consistent quality of work that is submitted and it's submitted according to these like standards and I think that's just kind of like the basic infrastructure of, you know, instead of being a freelancer, you know, and building a business, you do need that infrastructure of, you know, standards and, you know, these are the procedures that we have to abide to, you know, this is my business and these are, this is what I expect. And this is like how we do it, you know, so kind of looks like a step-by-step -step or guide or like a rule book, you know, um, just so, you know, whoever I get on board and if it's a freelancer or a full-time employee in the future, they have like the most appropriate and um, enough guidance to submit work that people know, oh, that comes from Chris's company. It's like immediately identifiable. That comes from, you know, Chris's company. You can awesome. see it. Yeah, I got um, you. Yeah. And so when so you, if you were to sign, that sounds awesome, but if you were to sign a contract now, so would you be in the work or would you be immediately looking for freelancers to take up this work? So I've already, the proposal that I submitted, I've already submitted it with the profile of the people that I want to work with. So I've, you know, for this um Wow. Can you give us some details about this project? Um, I mean, obviously you don't have to mention names and things, but how many people are there on your team and what different tasks do they have to do? Yeah, so the proposal that I submitted today is for um, kind of like the full house digital package. So it includes a, um, so the company is a nonprofit organization. Um, and yeah, so the scope of work or the, our objective is to manage their online presence on the social media platforms and then on other online platforms. 
So we included a full house proposal with uh, social media for Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So three posts a week um, and then some community management. Then one media release per month, and then one blog post a month with this fo with a focus on um, SEO, search engine optimization, and then um, every now and again website editing. Um, so yeah, quite a full house um, digital offering. Um, and in terms of team members, so there's myself as the account lead. Then I've um, reached out to another freelancer that I've been in contact with, who's very strong with SEO. Um, and she's got quite a lot of experience with SEO, blog, post writing, and um, editing websites according to that. And and then the other um, freelancer that I've bought included in the proposal um, is very good with social media community management. So we just distribute the work amongst us like that. So it's, there's when so my intention was when I am submitting this proposal, there's a team behind me. It's, I'm not just a one man show. Like this is the company, it's the team that's going that you can put your trust in. Amazing, amazing. And so just to clarify, have you have you had any contracts before when you've had a team behind you, or is this the first time you're actually going for it like this? Um, yeah, with my full-time job, um, with, you know, the company that I've been employed with, yes, but not, not with my own business. So okay. Is, my own business is the first time I'm doing this. Amazing. And you're flying. This is incredible. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you've got this team that's going to be doing this and what's the, do you have yet an idea for the, the time split? Like, do you imagine... Are you going to be working on this full-time? Are you going to be working on this part-time? Do you have any ideas how many of your hours are going to be used up per week doing this? Um, I think if we had to, like how I envisioned splitting the work, it would probably take me, it would probably each take us about six hours a week. Mm -hmm. It's six hours a week worth of work each. Okay. And so, and are you on this full-time now or are you still... Doing this on the side. Doing this on the side, yeah. Okay, okay. So what is... That's okay. how I want to transition it. It's like, obviously, when I get enough retainer clients, then I can um, kind of just leap from the, you know, my, my where I'm employed great. to my business. Great, that's great. <laughs> and it's an, it's good. It's an example of not burning the ships of the shore. And, you know, the, the old fable, like the burning ships of the shore is when you're there, you're in a full-time job, and then you just jump out and try find something else um, without having you know, anything I, set up. No. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and this is cool because we're the two versions of this. I did the burning the ships at the shore thing. Would not recommend it. <laughs> Would not recommend <laughs> it to anyone. <laughs> um, depending on your situation, I guess. I don't regret it, but it's it's a different world to doing it the way you're doing it. Um, okay. You just dropped that tipping point where you're like forced to, okay, cool. Like, you know, now if I don't like do this, it's, it's yeah, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> Two different interesting approaches. Yes, yes. Yours sounds like the more t more evenly tempered approach. <laughs> um, okay, so once you do this, so in the next two weeks, your goal is to set up your guidelines for your team. Um, so you're getting your team procedures yeah. in place, which is awesome. You're getting basically your business handbook, which is great. Um, so yeah. that will help you onboard people quicker and quicker. And more, more than that, you'll have created a structure which you can keep improving after this project and throughout this project you'll see yeah, little exactly. processes that you can improve which is awesome and then signing the one contract so 
when do you hope and who do you hope to sign the contract with? Do you hope that's going to happen this week? And is there anything you can do? Or are you literally now just waiting to see what happens? Yeah, so I've um, so I've I literally submitted it like two hours ago, um, and I'm going to um, give the lady a call back tomorrow. See, or like, yeah, tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow afternoon. See if she's ready. She see if she has any questions, and just nurture that relationship until you know it's yeah. If it doesn't, if it doesn't pull through, it doesn't. Like at least it's it's um, you know. If it doesn't pull through, I'm going to ask why, where did it fall short? Like, what did we not quite meet? And then just tweak the next proposal according to that feedback. So the proposals that we submit get better and better every time until, you know, we catch the big fish. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I'm just making some quick notes. Um, and so, yeah, it's... It's I can't help but get very excited about it because it's it would be decent and it would be like a big step forward. Um, but if it doesn't come through, like that's cool. Um, they will just tweak it and do something different, and maybe next time we'll come through. Awesome, awesome. Okay, um, that sounds so rad and sounds like you got the mind best mindset. I'm so excited to see next time what happens. <laughs> I'm almost. I mean, I'm not serious, but I'm secretly hoping it doesn't happen so that we can figure out because that's the dif that's the <laughs> most <laughs> difficult. <laughs> but that's the most. That's the I bet you. Um, I can't wait to find out. But you know that, especially thinking about other people, especially thinking about back to my own situation when you're in a full-time role and then you're considering doing stuff like this, that's the scariest part, right? You're like, but what when I do that and I do all this hard work and then it doesn't come through? And that's when mindset plays a massive, massive role. And you can tell already where your mindset is. And mindset doesn't mean what many people think is like, just tell yourself positive thoughts, just tell yourself everything's going to be perfect. I mean, if you do tell yourself most of the time that things are going to work out, that's a very good strategy anyway. Like, I'm not against that in any way. But the reality is you are identified and identifying with a person who is trying to succeed and doesn't believe that success is just going to come on a silver platter. You believe that you got to where you are by trying and then failing at some stuff, doing well at some stuff, and learning over and over and over again. And that's so beautiful to see that that mindset is coming through in what you're doing right now because that makes such a massive difference. Because the reality is whether you get this one or whether you get another one, you and every single other business owner on this planet is going to come up against unexpected challenges, unexpected things that fall down or things they hope to get but they didn't get. And how you feel and how you internalize that is so, so huge. And how um, Carol Dweck, the psychologist who wrote the incredible book Mindset, talks about fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And this is exactly, you're showing an example of what that is. Fixed mindset is when you believe you either are a success or you are a failure. There's no growth, there's no learning, you are either born super uber talented and you can do it or you're not. And that's when people do really well at something and then they st it starts to get tough and they start to fumble and then they quit. Those are people with a fixed mindset. And then on the other side of the scale, those are people with the growth mindset. The growth mindset being people who believe that their success will only come through trial and error and continually improving, learning and improving, learning and improving. And it's so vital and it's such a fundamental thing. In, in her book, she talks about how the education and our parenting system currently breeds 
far more of the fixed mindset than the growth mindset. So it's as a coach for me, I've worked with the majority of people I've worked with at the beginning have been in the fixed mindset. And that's been one of the most important things for me to try and shift for them going into starting a business. As you know, if you go in with a fixed mindset, it's going to be a shitty time. You're going to get, there's going to be so many things that are showing you or feedback that is negative, appearing seemingly negative. So it's amazing to see that you have this mindset and it's going to steer you in such good ground. So that's really, really, really cool to hear. Okay. So what is your, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being you, Chris. So what is your, go for it. No, I just I think my just to add on to that, I think Please. it's it's so interesting because I've always just you know, I like my background is um be like I'm a research analyst. That's what I've done for a long time. You know, that was the role that I had previously. So like that made me very analytical about things and you know, starting this this um you know, this business and this journey, it's, you know, when something, when there is a setback, I've always kind of analyzed it and been very analytical um, and use that sort of outcome from being analytical to determine like the best way forward, if that makes sense. I think, yeah. And I've also noticed that with other like, you know, um, entrepreneurs, they're very analytical people, you know, they can visualize data very easily. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was just making a note. Um, that's incredible. I really, really agree. And the, I think the, the key part there is many, many successful entrepreneurs are able to be analytical. And I love the way that you're talking about it, analytical. It's so cool seeing another pers- another angle on the same situation, whereas being able to detach yourself from a situation. They talk about like emotional maturity is when you can detach and see the situation for what it is rather being clouded by your own bias or own misjudgment. And you're talking about that exact same thing, that entrepreneurs are mature in their business learning in the way that they can detach and look analytically at what's currently happening. And in your situation, it's so beautiful that you're not saying, you can see that maturity signing through because you're not saying if this doesn't go through, um, I'm a failure. Instead, it's if this doesn't go through, we're going to learn from this so that you know mm-hmm. that you definitely can achieve this, but the how is something that you can improve over time. So you can test and prove and test and prove and test and prove. And then obviously something which I would love to go into, but we won't go into now, but maybe I'll make a note to go into this another time, is what's required to do this is the underlying belief in yourself. So the fact that you believe that you can achieve this enables you you've kind of got the solid structure to go on and take this mission whereas people who find this very 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 difficult to be in this place and to feel like it will be okay if their thing their first thing fails or if they get rejected people who find that very difficult what's happening is there isn't that underlying structure that they actually internally believe they can do it so i won't go too much into it but would you agree with that sentiment that you believe internally that you can succeed no, absolutely. And I think like over the past, you know, month or two that I have been doing it, it's, it's I've always believed that like I can do it and I have the ability and capacity to start a business. And I think it's just grown over the past two months because it's like the small little wins, you know, like signing a new client or like delivering and then there's like a happy client or you get like a good review and it's it's things that that to kind of like feed it. So, yeah, I mean, I do. 
Amazing. Uh, like I'm in a very good position now. Awesome. I'm just making some more notes. Oh, you've been <laughs> you've been full of quotes for me today, dude. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. Okay, so then tell me, you've got your, you know your goal, and I love this when I'm, um, I didn't mention at the beginning, I meant to, but next time we're going to get, I'm going to get better and better at um, um, doing an introduction and actually laying the framework, but I meant to mention what I'm doing currently, and it's working on time management, so helping business specifically overwhelm small business owners to master their time. And in doing this, something massive that we've been focusing on is how to be analytical about what you're doing. And then when you focus on your goals per week, having very, very few goals. So we talk about the three focus, having a maximum of three focuses. So over the next two weeks, and we'll do this in two week periods, just because we do, we meet for this podcast every two weeks. So I love this. So one is sign the contract, okay, which is awesome. So get a contract signed and you know, within that you're, you're going to either learn something or you're going to have a, a nice win which is awesome. That's the only two ways it can go. Yeah. And you can see how we've eliminated failure for this. I hope people listening and as we talk more, learn more and more and more that that what you are exemplifying here is the mindset that so many people need to work to get to. So I'm going to continue <laughs> highlighting that that where you are now is what I spend hours and hours and hours trying to help people get to. So it's very important that we note that not everyone is going to be in this yes. position when you have to build up the skills. But it's true what you said that that you've also harbored this over time. You know, maybe three months ago, you didn't feel nearly as confident as now. But as you said, with that great, great um, little quote, you said about small wins, small wins make it. So absolutely. So back to what I was saying, you've got these two goals, what I've heard so far for these two weeks coming up. So one is to sign the contract and then and deal with it, whatever happens there. Then two is to get the guidelines and the guidebook working um, in order to help your team understand how to... What you're doing is automating the quality and making sure that you can keep up the same quality over and over again, which is essential in building a team. That's amazing. So I'd love to ask, what would the third goal be? If you say so far, these are two of your goals. Now, there doesn't have to be any, but I'm just interested to see if there's another one that we can have three pretty clear goals for you so that next time, it doesn't matter if you achieve them or not, but we can use this as a, as a framework to understand a framework to understand um, the volatility of building a business and also how in the chaos of the external environment, you can still set up structures like I have these goals and then reflect on them in order to improve. Yeah. So third goal, so this has actually been a goal for a while, but so I, I had built myself a website. Um, then I took it down cause it was just kind of like a one page thing, but I would like to build myself, build the website. Um, yeah, so that would be kind of be like a third internal goal. Awesome. And so if we took a goal like that, and this is one that is very important and that almost every business owner I've ever worked with has this somewhere on their goals. And what I've realized is it's a massive, massive task. And what mm -hmm. many people do, I mean, depending on your own skill and how much you've done. But so first question is, over the next two weeks, do you think you will complete the website? Yes, I think I can do it. Okay. I, know I can do it. It's just um, a matter of putting the time in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so my question is, specifically, you definitely have the capacity to do it. But as logic, thinking as logically as you can and not being over-optimistic, just being realistic, do you think, realistically, you're going to finish your website over the next two weeks? Yes, 
Okay. Okay. Uh, this is so I've got it's I've got all the copy in place. I've got the the design, um, and I really my intention for the website is really just to keep it simple. Um, nice front page about services, about who I am, and then a contact page. Very very simple, straightforward. So it's not it's not going to be such a big task and. All the you know the draft copy is in place. So okay, great. And so, how long do you have, think you'll have to invest to get that done? Um, five days. It's a five. It what does that just? What does that mean in hours? So okay. So in my head, hours, in my head, went to fifty-five hours. I'm like, no, hold on. <laughs> so I mean, like, I don't like to sit with one task for like a long, long time. So I'd like to split it up into like. So when it comes to design work or web development, I don't like to spend more than you know two hours on like in a day on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, five days, two hours is like ten hours of work. Okay. Yeah, and what to would get you get a really able... nice web. Okay, and, and the thing is, my when it comes to something like website development, I'm I'm quite detailed. <laughs> when there's something not aligned or something, you know, that's too big or too small, like I will fiddle with it until I get it correct. I'm, I like this the, the finer detail. Um, yeah, and so I know once I get that out the way, like I'll be stoked. Okay. Okay, so you've got the website. I mean, there's a there's a gold mine of stuff to talk about there, but this is so I also train in um, time management and procrastination and productivity. But it's I'm more interested in seeing then what happens next time because like things you said like this is often this feeling like for example, people have to wake up early in order to get a lot done, or if you yeah. you should never if you're a perfectionist you're never going to get anything done. These are all very very misleading. What it actually is is are you getting done what you intended to do? So if you've said now that you intend to do this website in 10 hours and then it takes you 28 hours, we can look at it and say, okay, so in nine hours you have finished the website, but you spend the, all of the rest of the hours um, playing with text and color, then there's a procrastination issue and a productivity issue that we can find out. Obviously, that's not going to be the case, but just an example. Um, um, okay, so in terms of your guidelines, how many hours would you like to assign to that? Creating your guideline book. So that's something like I want to do as we go. So for example, like when we, you know, if, if we got our first project contract signed and now I brief someone to do to create or design some social media posts and we use, say, for example, Canva, which is like an online design thing, mm-hmm. um, then I'll put the step by step together as we work on it. You know, we'll work on something together and put that step by step or that guideline together. And yeah, or I'll ask someone, you know, one of the people working on the project, as you do this, please, um, you know, record down the steps that you take and and the final product so you know the next person to pick up this, the same task knows exactly the step by step the steps to to take to do the same thing so this would be like an ongoing thing and as you said like you know the guidelines will just continually um improve and evolve as you know as the projects change and come along um but i, I would like to get the first bunch of guidelines in place Within the month, that's the con- first contract signed. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, and so with the website, 
how would you know if it's finished? How will you know if it's ready or you've completed this task? That's always like the big question, right? Yes. <laughs> I suppose because this is the problem. When if I have developed a website, I'm like, no, no, I don't. Want, I'm not ready to tell someone or give like the link or share the link because it's just I just feel like there's that one small details which is not quite right. Um. Yeah. So with the website. Um, I th I'm going to give myself a deadline where I say, okay, cool. By like the 31st of August, you know, you've had your 10 days, boom. Now, now you need to start sharing your, you know, you need to you know, print some business cards with your website on it and you're going to start handing it out. So it needs to be ready. Um, so it's, yeah, I think I just have to be very diligent and, you know, with that deadline. Great. And when so is that, this deadline? That is my 31st of August. Okay. <laughs> Correct. Wait, so no, let's just say 24th of August because it's the 14th and 10 days time. Okay, wait, that's counting weekends though. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Okay, 24th. Okay, let's, see. let's just, okay, let's, let's say the 30th of, 30th of August. <laughs> okay, 30th of August. Good. Okay, and then your guidelines, when would you like the first brief of that done? I know you said it kind of, kind of dependent on getting the project or not, but all things being equal, when would you like to have it done? Let's just say mid-September. So 15th of September, when is that? 15th of September is, yeah, let, let's just say the, by the 13th, Friday the 13th of September in place, That's okay. in a month's time. Okay. And how will you know that's completed? When I feel confident that I could brief someone, say, yeah, the guidelines and expect the same quality of work to come out of it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So again, I was going to mention, especially for people listening. So because this is the first time we're doing this and what I'm doing with you is um, outlining your goals to help you with your productivity and time management but because it's the first time we're doing this I'm kind of leaving lots of leeway so I'm just following your lead so whatever date you say is great for me and whatever you think is finished that's great and then as we go we can start learning more about you so we can see because we need to discover um, everyone has different little ways of hiding procrastination and hiding fears and stuff like that not intending at all that these are fears of procrastination these are great but just to be aware that that it's really interesting once we go further and further how when we start seeing your patterns then we can use those patterns where we come to questions like this in the future so when we say okay how do you know if it's finished if we know like if you don't have a number or something very defined then it won't be done then we can define it and yeah um, so we can work on that as we go and then the signing the contract when would you like that to happen I know that sounds ridiculous because you're kind of waiting for them but just in theory Oh, I would like that to happen by literally by the end of next week. I know there's like, a, you know, I, I handed it in today and I know there's a, it's quite a big decision to make. So let's say by the 23rd of August, which is next week, Friday. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Especially because you mentioned that they would like to um, sign someone up by the 1st of September. Great. Okay. Perfect. Okay, so you've got some amazing things going on, and you've already, you've also, I assume, got your full time job going at the same time as all of this. Yeah, it's amazing. And <laughs> how many hours are you working um, a day on your full time job? Yeah, so generally, so I work 
Um, okay, so to, to give you an idea about my typical day, I'll start at around about half past six and work until about six in the evening. So half past six in the morning, six in the evening, but I do take like a substantial break uh, midday, like an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours to go to gym um, or whatever. You know, I, just, I need to like kind of reset myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, and in, in those hours I fit in you know, my full-time job and then the this, the, new, the new business. And do you structure, um, this is incredible, do you structure it like you do full-time job in the morning and the other stuff in the afternoon or can you not do that? Is it a bit I more volatile? So I'll, I'll start with, and it's, it's very dependent on what, on what work I have on my plate. So if, if I have very analytical um, work or I have to write like a very or do research for an article that's like the comp- the topic's quite complicated I'll do the most difficult analytical work in the morning as early as possible at hopper six um, get that out the way and then I'll leave my more creative work for the afternoon um, yeah, so I, it it is very dependent on but what what I do is I'll plan each day out the day before and I'll write out with times like the task this is the task that I'm going to do from this time to this time. Um, so when I start the day, I like literally just jump straight into it. Great. Okay, that's awesome. So there's so much stuff that we can talk about um, going <laughs> forward. I'm just looking at the identifiers and talking about. Okay. I would like to leave everyone on. There were two things you said in particular which I think would be very helpful for someone in a similar position. So I'm going to ask you to give people very, very, maybe let's say I'm going to give you two topics and for each topic, one very simple activity to work on this thing or improve on this thing and it's things that you're doing already. So number one is meeting people and building a network. For someone just starting out, what would you recommend to them? So I, I can speak specific to to Cape Town because Cape Town has a lot of, and I, I, I think many places because startup culture is huge in Cape Town and South Africa, and I know it is pretty much everywhere in the world. Correct. They are as soon as you find the right network online, um, you know, like I go to this Lean Coffee startup every Wednesday. And, you know, I found out about an, another event, um, you know, you know, um, what was through someone who attended this. So it's really just um, to, to find that online network and, you know, find where these events are happening. And like, once you find that first event, you'll, you'll be guaranteed to find more. Ask someone at that first event, this is, this was really cool. Where can I find something else like this? And I can guarantee you'll find something else. Um, Amazing. It's just, you really just, you have to open yourself up to the opportunity and, you know, open yourself up to people and be like, you know, this is what I do. Like, you know, do you think that there's something else that I could go to or someone else that I could speak to that would be interested in what I do? You know, just really open yourself up to the opportunities because there is, there is a lot out there. Amazing. Um, I love it. I love it. Okay. And then for the second one, how, how do I phrase this question? Because it's something that you just shines through. How, what would you say to someone if they have a serious fear of failure? 
what would you say to them in order to help them keep going, in order to help them be a little more optimistic, in order to help them be able to see it more as a learning than a personal failure? I think you just answered that question right there. You learn more from failure than from success. Amazing. Um, but you have to have the ability to analyze it um, because there's always, if you can identify the key lesson as to why this specific task or project failed and record it down and really take the key lesson to heart and yeah, and process it in a way that you won't do it again or you can learn from it and you can improve um, where success is like, it feels like success is good. It builds your confidence. It's like the small wins that, you know, it's, it, you start to believe in yourself more, but like, what do you, what do you really learn from that? It, you learn a lot from, you know, failure. And I think it's just a necessary, a necessary thing for success. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you have to always just keep in mind that it helps to be analytical, um, you know, and yeah, I think that's probably like the best, <laughs> the only way Perfect. I can think of answering that Perfect. question. Okay, yeah. amazing. So Chris's advice for this week, incredible advice, number one, meeting people. <laughs> so put yourself out there, get in touch with people and you can hear, it's not just that Chris is a super likable guy. I promise you, no matter what you are in terms of extroism or um, introvism, no matter how you are with people, you can see that Chris is showing that he asks people questions. And this is the key to socializing. If you just find people who are concerned or care about something that you care about, and you are interested and you ask them questions about it, they will be your friend very, very quickly. Asking questions is the key to any kind of getting into a social group or any kind of social enlightenment or growing your social network. So, making sure you're open-minded, meeting people and asking them questions. And then in terms of staying optimistic, you will learn far, far more from failure than you will for, from success. So make sure that yeah. every single time you are failing, you are learning. And if you start doing that, you will realize that you can learn extremely quickly. When I coach yeah. people and coach on problem solving, I teach people that as a human being, you are a problem solving machine. You are built to solve problems and you are such an incredibly intelligent complex machine that can solve insane 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 problems so all you need to do is give yourself a problem show yourself okay i failed and this is what happened and just watch how you start to solve that problem and come up with novel solutions okay chris it's been amazing i love you you're incredible and i'll see you in a few weeks that was that was a really cool talk. And just quickly before we end off, to, just to add that one more thing that uh, like I, I really actually value doing. It's like a, one of like the tasks that, and I think you've done it as well, is journaling. Because when you journal, while you write things down, it just it, and you read it back again like the next day. Because it's often like you get an idea or you write something down. Like why did this happen? Why why was this the, the situation or the circumstance? Why did this fail? What did I learn? You know, and you write that down, it's there on paper, you can go back to it in a week's time and it's still there. But if you just kind of try and keep it in your brain, it's going to become a thought and it's going to become a distant memory. So journaling, journaling is a cool thing to do. Amazing. Do I speak. love it. You're a legend. <laughs> You're a legend. I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>